things seem just out of your reach. Faces and places seem strange and they unsteady your feet. Welcome back. This is Richard Sachs. This is Lost Arts Radio. It's nice to be with you again. Uh, we have a treat that we've been waiting for for a while tonight. And this is our friend, Dr. Gabriel Cousins, who's now overseas in Israel and is working all over the world, as he has been for years, uh, working on teaching people how to heal from diabetes and principles of degenerative disease and healing and living foods and uh, a lot of spiritual aspects that go with the whole thing. Um, basically, life transformation and renewal, as I see it. And he can correct me if I didn't say that right. But we're going to be talking to him between Arizona, where I'm sitting, and um, in Israel, where Dr. Cousins is. So, listen, the internet connections are not necessarily great. And they may go in and out, so I hope you guys will be patient with us a little bit. Since this is recorded, we will re-record any parts and try to make this as uniform as possible whenever needed. So that's what's going on. And we're going to talk tonight about juice fasting, which is a form of detox and getting ready for uh, basic another chapter of renewal when spiritually, physically, and on various other levels. And we get a chance to talk about that specifically tonight. So welcome, Dr. Cousins, and it's really a treat to have you here. Thank you. It is a joy to be on your program, as usual. I love the work you're doing, and I want to include Doug in that because you're a team there. That's right. I want to honor him. He's behind the scenes a little bit. But, yes, it is a joy to share, and it's important. Um. Before we start, though, I'd like to do a little prayer, and it has to do with merging the heart and the mind. And we actually call it Chukmah Halev, wisdom of the heart. What's the wisdom of the heart? It's wisdom is how to live as a full, awake human being. Okay? Wisdom of the heart. So this is what this prayer is about. So feel that wisdom of the heart, merging of the heart and mind happening. I like that. Yeah, we need a wise heart. For everything, actually. I can't think of any place that wouldn't apply. Yes. And it's kind of a multi-level understanding of things. And it's also how to live your life in a way that every moment is an opportunity to wake up spiritually. That's the wise person. Whatever the situation is, how do we wake up spiritually? So that's our idea. It leads right into 
spiritual fasting, not just fasting, spiritual fasting, because it is a restart and it helps us break out of our our bonds, so to speak, that we get programmed into and they amplify our own tendencies to go to sleep in the in the in life. And, the, and spiritual fasting is about waking up. So one of the things though is it's activating our soul connection. And one of the classic things is dancing. So in the two the year eighteen hundred and two, uh about two hundred twenty years ago, roughly speaking, uh things were very, very bad in Russia. So they came to this rabbi and asked him what to do. And he said, dance. Why? <laughs> Why dance? Because it brings spiritual joy. And no matter what's happening, the power of spiritual joy keeps you connected to the divine. So we're going to dance for three minutes. Uh, a little Brazilian music. I just uh, You'll see it. I'm going to take my shirt off here. Um I can't see as well on, on this, but we will move it around and get the music playing for three minutes. And then you'll guide me as to what you can see and what you can't see. Here, 
Yeah, I'm disappointed you stopped. I thought maybe we should just switch the whole show to that. <laughs> it's a little bit different um, energy than people think of with a doctor who's supposed to be really somber, no emotion, really stern, and telling you what you're going to die from, and that's really their main job. Okay, so I'm going to just, uh, Richard, start with a little bit of discussion about spiritual fasting as I see it. Now, just a background, I've been doing fasting since 1983. That's a while ago, okay? So I did a 40-day fast. And I didn't have food or water for the last three days. Okay. 38, 39, 40. And I, uh, I learned about fasting that way. I didn't really start leading fasting retreats until about 1988, roughly speaking. And then uh, did it in different places and then developed what I call spiritual fasting. And that 40 days was a water fast, not a juice fast, right? Well, a little mix of water and then just juice for the second, just water for the second 20 days. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. The last three days. Right. Okay. But our juice fast, our fast, as I design it to make it more workable for people, is uh, juice only green juice, diluted in half. Okay. You've got okay. the advantage of a little bit of nutrient, which worked well for people, mm-hmm. but a little bit of the advantage of a water fast. Now, I can't tell you that a water fast is more of an advantage. I know it's stronger, but in the big picture, I'm not sure you get necessarily better results. But I do know that when people do water fasts, they can get pretty weak. Um, yeah. I've done a 21-day water fast, and I, I was able to do 100 push-ups at the end on day 21, So, uh, but I felt weak, and I felt that I did lose a lot of weight. So I didn't think that was uh, really the best way to go. Okay. Or mostly the general public. Because I wanted, and I do want, because we still are doing fast, people to feel good and whole and uh, exuberant, okay? So, and when people do water fast, there's a tendency to uh, get very weak, end up just lying in bed, particularly right. uh, if you've been toxic. So that isn't what I did, okay? And I, I've done it. Uh, as I say, a 21-day water fast, too, to really explore it. But that's kind of the overview of it. But I went to this uh, green juice diluted in half because I didn't want people to get a lot of sugar. So a lot of people do fasting with fruit juices and things. Uh, I, um, one of the things I used with fasting is treating type 2 diabetics uh, and resting the pancreas. So having a lot of sugar is not really a good idea. That's why I do the, the juices in half. And we've been doing it now for, you know, in a regular way since 2004, regular meaning twice a year, um, seven-day juice fast, 
and then a day or so to come off with a lot of teaching. So, and we also, before I get to the benefits of fasting per se, we also are doing meditation twice a day and awakening of the spiritual energy, which in the East is called Kundalini, uh, in the West could be Raha Kadesh or Holy Spirit. It's awakening of the energy within every person. So what makes spiritual fasting, which is what I'm talking about, different than regular fasting? Intent. Intent is everything. So our intent is about waking up. Our intent is about connecting to our souls. What we see in today's world, there's such a level of input and I'm going to use it that word, that people start to lose connection uh, with their souls because everything is outer-directed. And so our focus is go inward. Um, and meditating and uh, being by yourself, being quiet, but having some social connection uh, where we have Q&A and we have group meditation, uh, things like that, keep that flow going. But the key here really is what Gandhi said. He said, all fasting, this is Mahatma Gandhi, all fasting is a yearning of the soul to merge in the divine essence. That, that's, that articulates it very, very well. Um, Paracelsus the great medieval uh, physician and alchemist said, fasting is the greatest remedy. Hippocrates, everyone has a doctor in him. We just have to help them in their work to help that person. So what I'm saying is, Fasting is probably one of the oldest healing techniques in the world, and it's been used for healing, but it's usually, in ancient times, used as part of a spiritual quest. So I think it's important that we understand that fasting wasn't all about detox as it's promoted today, but really as a spiritual quest. So as I studied the ancient masters, and and we, we go back, to Plato and Hippocrates and Socrates and prior to that, the the ancient Rishis, uh, they all did spiritual fasting. That's the key concept because it helped them get more in touch with their soul and it cleared the toxins from the brain uh, in a way that makes your mind much, much clearer, even after seven days. Our usual flow, the first day or two, is more uh, a detox experience, and then you start to feel good by day five, six, and seven, when the toxins, the bile toxins are coming out of the brain, your mind really gets, get, gets much clearer. So that's a pretty important principle I'm sharing, is that this is not a new idea, uh, this has been going for at least 5,000 years and probably much longer, used in most different cultures around the world. So uh, we're just 
learning from history to see what these great spiritual beings did and, and um, philosophers did in the whole uh, in, in the bigger picture. And it wasn't just the Greeks. I just mentioned them. They did fasting in Egypt. Uh, a lot of the uh, I'll say prophets also fasted. So everybody kind of knew what fasting was 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 so important uh, from it. So, what does fasting mean? So, the way I talk about it is four levels. It basically means stay away from anything that's toxic to you. So, we have physical toxins, which is food, junk food, that kind of thing. Emotional toxins. Mental toxins and spiritual toxins. So if we look very closely at our society, you can see people are being overloaded by physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual toxins. Overloaded. So uh, we have continued, even though we can't meet like we usually do, um, but we are doing fast over the Internet. Uh, because it's so important in this very difficult time in the world. So we have uh, international fasts, and actually the next one's coming up April 26th. Um, Seven-day spiritual fast. We're meditating twice a day. We have discussions, uh, and we reach people all, all over the world with it, which means um, having multiple discussions and meditations to meet the different time zones. But it's worth it because it's that important. It's that important. So abstaining from anything that's toxic. And again, you don't have to have a big imagination to understand that's more than just bad food. Um, Now, what else does fasting do? On the physical, emotional, mental, and really spiritual plane is it activates the vital life force. That's the healer that Hippocrates was talking about that we all have within us. It activates the vital life force on all the levels, not just the physical level. And that's, I think, important. Now, fasting also helps us get in touch with what I call our holy rhythm. In our world society today, I don't want to just focus on the U.S. because that's not accurate. In our world, people have lost touch with their holy rhythm. And one of the things that we focus on in spiritual fasting is reconnecting to your holy rhythm. That's a very, very important thing because when you get knocked out of your rhythm, nothing is really going to work right. And I think that's important. So, Another way of talking about it is re-entraining with the life force. So during the fast, as people get in touch with the life force, begin to ask the question, well, how indeed can you stay in touch with the life force? And fasting, as I define it, spiritual fasting is also, how do you reconnect with your soul? Our whole society is like, taking us away from the truth for our own soul. You know, making a pun, people are sold out, okay? We want to reconnect with the soul. And that means the experience 
breaking away from the media. So part of our fasting, particularly when we have a, uh, a retreat setting, is to be away from all media. So we can kind of reorganize our, our, our beingness. Okay. Now, during the fast, I am giving what we call uh, Shaktipat or Haniha uh, or waking what p- people call Holy Spirit. And that's the spiritual energy that can awaken the deep primordial spiritual force within us, which is known as Nistas Kundalini. And Torah tradition, Ruach HaKadosh. Okay, Christian tradition, we're the Holy Spirit. So that happens, and that happens by look and by touch. Now on the internet, I obviously can only do it by look, but it does work. So during our fast, even over the internet, we do it by look, and uh, it's it's kind of a little bit of a mystical process, um, but it it's thousands of years old in that in that sense. Um, and what I mean by that is that is that the power of the spiritual energy goes through. It helps burn karmas, but it also helps awaken what we call the Kundalini or the Raha Kadesh can get activated. And people in different traditions have talked about it. The Baal Shem Tov, a great mystical, uh, liberated, uh, spiritual, Jewish spiritual teacher in uh, 1698 to 1760, talked about how he activates that in people. Inter-interconnection is what they call it. But the and a part of his soul goes into the, to the people he's working with. And he didn't use the word burn karma, but we're burning karma not only by the person giving it, but people by fasting and meditating are automatically uh, burning karma. And many of these things come up. So one of the things that's important in the spiritual fasting experience is as things come up, we use whatever's coming up as a way of healing uh, old thought forms, things from past lives, whatever, they come up and we work with people, both in groups, sometimes individually, you know, to uh, support the healing process. That's really, really important. And okay? you can do that on online now as part oh, yeah. of that. Yeah, and it's kind of good that way because everybody's hearing and participating, so it elevates everybody. Okay. You know, because it's more psycho-spiritual. Right. Talking and discussing. So it's like one big group process, uh, the online, whereas in the actual physical facet, often you're speaking to people individually, you know, because they want to private, which makes, I understand. But this opens it up to, uh, particularly in these times, to sharing the human experience. Yeah. And one of the things that, that's clear about solitary confinement, also known as lockdowns, is, or relatively speaking, is after 15 days, people lose touch with multiple levels of reality. And so during the the sharing that we're doing, and I'm, I'm actually doing programs for people all during the week, 
We have a live with Dr. Gabriel. We have uh, another one called Shakti Hour. And is hey, let's share. Let's communicate. Let's be human beings. Right. Okay. And I joke about it, but it's actually quite real because it's natural for most people to socialize, and particularly true with children. You know, their brain development depends on that. So children are being hurt in a pretty big way, but actually I think the rate of suicide for adults has increased like tenfold. It's not a small deal here, okay? So, um, and I don't know if that statistic is totally uh, accurate, but um, I've heard that statistic. But we know rate of depression Suicide is significantly increased, but that's a safer way to say it. Um, And the fasting uh, does something else, is that when we're taking a lot of toxins, it tends to actually create more depression and dysfunction. So when you remove those toxins, the neurotransmitter systems in the brain begin to rebalance themselves. It takes four to five days, and everybody starts to feel really good. Why? Well, your neurotransmitters are back in work, and given the body and mind and brain given a chance to heal, mind and brain not being the same, will start to re-equilibrate, and I think that's important. That's why I'm talking about holy rhythm, and we don't naturally, but kind of naturally begin to reconnect with our spirit yeah. and reconnect with our soul. To me, that's the most important thing about spiritual fasting is an opportunity to create an optimal situation to reconnect with your soul. One thing I would ask is, how did you, how did you select a length of seven days? Um... They're earth cycles, seven days, 14 days, 21 days are what I call relatively safe. Okay, so on one way, part two, people often live their lives in seven-day cycles called the week, right? Right. So we try to make it so that people have two weekends in a week to be, you know, in between to be fasting so they're not missing a lot of work and they can do different things. So there's a practical level to it. Now, the final thing is how long does it take to get the toxins out of your system and begin to re-equilibrate? The minimum fast to have that effect, and when I say fast, I'm talking about taking enemas once or twice a day and a variety of detox things, um, is five days. Uh, usually uh, three and four days, a lot of the bowel toxins uh, are removed and start to come out of the system. But usually burning, where people are able to access kind of the deeper awarenesses. Now, of course, some people move much faster than that. But so seven days gives you a chance to go into detox. Now, some people can detox for seven days or two weeks 
but I'm talking about the average, the bell curve average. So by usually by two to four days, the toxins are coming out. Takes that long. Now, I'm not just talking about bowel cleansing. I'm talking about kind of deeper toxins coming out. And then by day five, six, and seven, you start actually to go into a higher function. So that's one of the other reasons. That's the minimum. So when people do a three-day, quote, fast, it's not really a fast. It's a cleanse. When you go at least five days, you've now gone through the detox process which can last as five days or six days, but five days, four days, something like that. And you're giving a day or two to kind of get to the higher spaces of rebalancing your neurotransmitters. So that's how I arrived at seven is pretty much the minimum to get the optimal result right. in a busy world. Yeah, that we hear, hear a lot of stories about people going on multiple week juice fasts for serious degenerative life-threatening conditions and in many cases coming out with those taken care of that's a a topic let me explain because you bring bring them up that's a healing uh of chronic disease fast and we'll have people i think the longest was 65 days it takes a long time to detox and rebuild Okay, okay. So, for example, uh, in Russia with schizophrenia, they basically put people on water fast and somewhere around 26, 27, 28, up to 32 days is where they begin to heal. Hmm. That's 65% of schizophrenics. Uh, were free of their schizophrenia, the different toxins came out, and did not relapse. Wow. what I'm saying, right? It's really significant, yeah. They didn't just momentarily get better. Right. Now, it is not that American psychiatry is off, because in the turn of the 1900s, they used to give people uh, an enema when they came into the mental hospitals because they, they got that there was a connection with bowel toxicity and mental toxicity. Yeah, that disappeared in the 60s or 70s from the Merck Manual, I think, right? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure, to be honest. But my point is the Russians understood that this fasting was a powerful way. You know, think 65%, I didn't say something, Incurable schizophrenia. Incurable schizophrenics. That's pretty impressive. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But if they stayed away, particularly for meat, fish, chicken, and dairy, they were unlikely to relapse. That may take us into a different discussion, so I'm going to hold it there. Yeah, we've got enough for 10 shows already. Yeah. So, but clearly they got that they had to stay. Um, you know, more of a plant-based diet. Right, okay? right. That relapse. So they were aware of that. So that's on the physical plane. But again, that makes it easier for the energy to awaken. You had another question. Um, well, actually, yeah, you. I think you covered most of it in what you said. So that was good. Okay. So is it another thing happens it activates the pleasure centers. When you get all the toxins out of the way, 
your natural dopamine increases and your pleasure centers are activated. So people feel really good fasting. That's another part of it. Not enough fun to see that. Wow, I feel so alive. Wow, I feel so good. So again, we're talking about the bell curve thing. Some people detox for two weeks, you know, but that's rare. Go ahead, Richard. Well, I'm just going to say that that was something that people wouldn't expect based on the conventional training that we've had, that when you starve, you're you're starving yourself to death. That's what not eating means, and you don't feel very happy. Right. That's called starvation, not getting organic green juices, meditating twice a day, doing, we, uh, my wife teaches the yoga, so we have what we call tree yoga, you know, right. uh, people are, uh, you know, taking walks in nature, and it's like group sharing, you know, so we have a lot of people, and you're meditating twice a day, that's different than starving. Yeah, yeah, it sounds great. Attitude as well, okay? So, there is truly an antidepressant effect. Yeah. And anti-anxiety significantly. And we can say, was that from the food people reading? Or is that from meditation? I don't, I I think it's from all of that. Okay. In the midst of that, we also ask people in the spiritual fast to try to access their sacred design. If we're going to get in touch with what our soul is and our holy rhythm, each person has a unique purpose on the planet. Now, uh, to be clear, we were not meant to be slaves. We were meant to grow spiritually. Everyone. That's why we're put here on the planet. So all that we're seeing today It has happened so many times in history, so many times. There's there's people who want enslaved people and stop their spiritual growth, which is contrary to God's plan. We're put here to wake up, period, okay? And to have these earth experiences as part of the spiritual learning curve. So, of course, that's my... Uh, belief and interpretation, but you know, it's 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 been the belief interpretation for people for thousands and thousands of years. So it's not it's clearly not my idea. Yeah, but finding your sacred design. We're all here for a purpose, and we can use the word dharma. I like sacred design because people need to access why am I here besides the general to wake up spiritually and know God is what what is it I'm supposed to be doing that's going to help me up so we ask that question that's part of fasting is are you aligned with your sacred design you're a unique being put on the planet you have a unique purpose you have a unique role you have any contribution yeah, we're all made in the image of God, but everybody has a different expression of that image of God. And that's, uh, I think, a, a part of our emphasis when I talk about spiritual fasting. is like, well, what am I here for? Yeah. Raising all those questions, okay? And 
when you see the whole person, you're going to reconnect with your soul. We're going to look for your sacred design. We're going to work on contacting a holy rhythm. Fasting is the best setting for that. Spiritual fasting, where we're doing all these interdirected questions, uh, is a very, uh, how do I put it? It's, it's a very powerful way of helping people make contact with it. Okay? And that's the key. So sacred, I only use the word holy rhythm, but I mentioned that. And truly awakening spiritual awareness. Because we're so overwhelmed with the stuff of the world. The stimulus, outer directed stimulus of the world, we get captured in it. And we're talking all the things that are going on. It isn't just, you know, the the whole COVID thing or TV thing. It's everything. People are outer directed. So fasting, spiritual fasting, I want to keep qualifying that, is a very specific effort to get in touch with what life is about. And that's how I do the spiritual fasting. Okay. I'm not making an advertisement, but uh, we're doing it twice a year and you can go to drcousins.com or treolife.mn.co uh, and tune in when the next fast is. Uh, I don't know when this is coming out, but we're having it on a regular basis. Tree, tree of life dot what? Let's go over that again. Mighty Networks, MN, Mighty Networks, dot CO. CO, okay. And what was the other one, Dr. Cousins? That's Dr. an easy that's an easier one to remember, obviously. And that's D- DR, no periods, right? Correct. dot com. Got it. So, well, again, I want to point out, this is not new. Elijah fasted, Moshe fasted, Yehoshua fasted, Jesus fasted. This is not a new idea. So right. I, I, you know, I don't claim it. All I claim is I'm paying attention. I'm studying spiritual life over at least 5,000 years. Uh, the Rishis fasted. So I'm looking at what worked. And it's like, wow, this is universal. They're all doing these things. So um, I think that's the, the, the key point I'm, I'm ma- making here, if you, you get what I'm saying, is that this is a probably the oldest spiritual practice besides meditating. Um, and I think one of the questions we ask people is do you sacrifice? This isn't a seeing question, really. Okay. At least according to Dr. Sike, do you sacrifice the eternal for that which dieth in a day? Most people do. <clears throat> and with the fasting, it's a, about, hey, well, we're not going to keep sacrificing the eternal. That's why I'm here and move into uh, honoring our purpose, our, our spiritual life purpose, and not sacrificing that anymore. So if I understand what you're saying, the change in perception that happens when you're fasting allows you to evaluate your choices of what to do during the day in light of what's in harmony with spirit and what isn't. Is that right? Well... 
I don't know about do during the day, how to live your life. I, I make it a little I mean, bit bigger. But I know that's what you're saying. I'm yeah, just, I'm saying moment to moment in your life. Yeah, it's moment in the moment, but guided by your sense of your bigger purpose as you as a unique individual, what we call dharma, uh, right livelihood, but also guided by how to live in a way that helps you make that connection with your soul and with God. And your ability to perceive that gets better by fasting. Well, I'm making a qualification. Uh Uh-huh. Spiritual fasting. Question. With spiritual fasting, that's the emphasis. There are people who just fast. They can do a water fast. They suffer. They, you know, they, you get healed often with fasting and that's good. This is not what we're doing. So we add the infra spiritual structure that changes why we're doing it. And that's why I started at the, what, what makes it spiritual fasting? Your intention. Your intention is to wake up. Okay. They come alive. And that's also why I'm a little hesitant about water fasting, although I've done it, as I said, a 21-day, is that people actually feel a little bit often very exhausted. And so they don't feel alive. And so one of my messages, yeah, we're going to do half-diluted juices and create a situation where you're going to be doing the tree yoga, you know, wife teaching, we're meditating, we're walking, we're sharing. It's about becoming alive. Does that exhausted feeling where you want to stay in bed with the water fasting, does that stay that way or does does that go away during the later stages? Um. Again, it depends how toxic you are. Okay. So in like the juice fast, people can feel uh, really toxic for, you know, I'm going to say like an average of three days. Uh, And then you can have other waves like two weeks later or something like that. Um, And that's another point I want to make about the seven-day fast that you asked. Yeah. As I assessed it, you can do seven days, 14 days, 21, you know, 40 days. What I I have discovered in looking at this over, obviously, more than a few years here. Right. 40 years, is that the most efficient fasting time is seven days. I mentioned, because you go through the whole cycle, so the three-day fast isn't a fast. It's really a detox. But you do a 14-day fast, 21-day fast, and what you you see in a way, okay, is you get a lot of mileage from the seven days. And then it, it diminishes after that. Oh, okay. I'm not talking about healing chronic disease, where, as I say, I've had people fast 65 days or, you know, 40, 50 days. I'm not talking about that. We're not talking. We're talking about rejuvenating different concepts. How do you become fully alive? Well, you have to detox. You, you know, take on this whole lifestyle. I, I call it the six foundations. What is that? Okay, it's uh, eating uh, 
hundred percent plant based, eighty uh, percent uh, live uh, spiritual fasting twice a year for at least seven days. It, I, I will also tell you that, generally speaking, the gains people make last three or four or five months, and when you do this, if you're doing it on a regular basis. You're continually making gains, if that makes sense. Yeah. Then I suggest, you know, part two is doing uh, the, the different yogas. As I say, we do tree yoga, which Shanti uh, teaches, but also, you know, dance, spiritual dancing, okay, or dancing, okay, or qigong, or tai chi, some kind of energetic to move the prana. Third is charity. That's a little harder to do during a fast, but, you know, there are little service and charities to do. Fourth is working with the spiritual teacher. It really helps to have a guide when you're doing a fast. It really does. I'm doing a variety of individual, having individuals fasting and so forth. So I'm guiding them over the internet. Uh, as well as during the the seven day fast that we do, it so really difference it, to have. Is that something that's available all the time that you're offering? Yes, yes. I, I want to make it clear, you know, because that's really potentially valuable service that you're talking about. It could apply to a lot of situations. If if you want to say what that's appropriate for, maybe for people that don't know. Well, there's two levels of fasting as I've described. One is spiritual fasting since it's waking up your spirit, it's detoxing physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Uh, when I work with individuals who I feel really, really, really need to fast, you know, and it's not time with the schedule or they need to go two weeks or three weeks, like I have somebody who's doing like three weeks right now, I'm meeting with them every few days and we're do- where we're doing – Zero point, which is a special psycho spiritual technique that's we've developed, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not just giving support for the fast, but we're working on those psycho spiritual levels as well. You see what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I may recommend it for a particular client, or people say I'd like to fast, <clears throat> but I can't make that schedule work. So guide me, and so we yeah. set up doing it. So if anybody wants to know more about that or possibly arrange for that to happen, how do they do it? Well, good question. They can go to drcousins.com or they can go to treeoflife.mn.co or they can go to info at treeoflife. And is that true if they... Tree of Life dot in you. Sorry. Tree of Life. Oh, that's a third site, right? Yeah. Um, that's if people want to become clients because I'm still doing holistic healing uh, sessions over, you know, like, again, I see it all progressive. So I don't just see a person once. It's like, okay, we're going to work over the years. I usually start with two, two and a half hours really working with the person getting a whole program, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual design for them. Okay. Okay. And so, the way to get to that is, tr- what was that site, treeoflife.nu? 
info at treeoflife.nu, like new universe. Okay, got it. They can go to drcousins.com and they can get that way too. Got it. Yeah, but info at treeoflife.nu is a email address. Appointment. It's a specific appointment. Yeah, got it. Okay, thanks. So those are kind of the the kind of the bigger pictures. And the group process helps because people are influenced by groups in a good way. We we know the research shows um well I just was reading some studies about people over 65 who are clearly doing better when they're having group process. They have half the amount of depression, half the amount of anxiety. They actually live longer. They're actually happier. All these studies are coming out. And actually different than even 10 years ago, people over 65 who get married or get in relationship, let me say that in today's world, actually are also doing much better uh, mentally and emotionally and physically. They, you add a few years to your life. So there's a few pieces here in the in the discussion. Uh, I just kind of bringing in that helps people see the bigger picture of uh, what we're talking about. So the emotional, mental part is really a big part of, uh, to me, the spiritual fasting, but also the bigger picture. We need to socialize. We need to connect. Um, as I mentioned before, it's really, really, really detrimental to children if they aren't socialized. And I don't consider Internet socializing, and the research sees the back what I'm saying. Yeah. There has to be an interaction that is person to person. Um, I don't want to make a whole thing, but the, the research shows that, uh, you know, being in school does not really amplify your chance of getting kind of, a, uh, you know, a virus. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, they're having the little kids go to school in these plexiglass cages now. Yeah, and it's like, wow, that is major, major brainwash. It doesn't work. It doesn't make any difference because you still breathe the air. Yeah. Kind of like a mid medieval superstition. You know, so that's just a point. I mean, really, without getting off topic, but is kids have to socialize. Adults have to socialize, but it's very critical for kids. We do know the lockdowns have not worked in over 24 different studies. They don't work. There is a suggestion now that not only don't they work, but they could make people a little sicker. Okay. And the same with masks. It's a way of separating you out. So our kids are being really harmed by this whole process. So I'd like to see the kids back in school, but I'm making a point. Humans need to socialize. We're social beings. I mean, yes, there are people like who meditate and do different things, but maybe they're doing it in Austria. There's still some social connection. So uh, this is very serious what's going on. And why we do the spiritual fasting in groups is it creates a social context that people get a lot of support from each other as well. So yeah. when you when since you're doing this online now with the event that's coming up, 
Can you explain a little bit more graphically how it works? Like once people sign up, are there periodic meetings during the seven days when everybody can see you or see each other? Or how is that going to how's it going to work? Multiple times in a day. Say that again. Wait, you were cut off for a minute. Say that again. Multiple times during the day, we meet for check in. We meet for spiritual questions and answers. We have two meditations plus questions and answers, uh, and we have support groups. And I have a, a, a my assistant here, Olga, is, you know, supporting people during the fast. So there's multiple things. And at the Tree of Life community, so that's treeoflife.mn.co, we have a special space where people can talk to each other as well. Okay, great. Because our emphasis is a lot, but they're going to be, they would be seeing me in general, you know, four or five times, you know, during the day. That's a lot. And that goes on for seven days. Yeah, well, really, we have a day for coming off the fast and the evening before we have a discussion of how to fast. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's more than seven days. It's more like, more like nine days in, in reality. And which which of the sites that we mentioned, there were uh, two main different sites, and which one of those is for signing up for the fast? Well, either one, treeoflife.mn.co or uh, drcousins.com. Either one works. Okay, great. So I consider fasting extremely important. I have fasted a minimum of twice a year for a week for since the late 80s. I think it makes a really big difference. Yeah. The body needs in our world today, different than maybe 40, 50, 60 years ago, but again, people were fasting, right? Mm-hmm. The body needs time to detox, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. So, wow, you want to do that. So the minimum I see is one week twice a year. I mean, I used to do four weeks a year. And, uh, I, I'm a, I research on myself. I was actually doing six times a year. But when I really looked at, asked the hard question, what's your optimum one week twice a year? Is, it gives you the optimum results with the minimum amount of effort, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because so, we have to ask that question. We have to ask that question. A lot of people just love getting high with the past, and that's fine. But I'm looking at how to serve humanity, and this this works. Right. And and you're, you're fairly specific about what kind of juice that should be during that time, right? Organic, fresh. We make it up that day. Organic, fresh. And what kind of things are in the juice? Uh, we will use some condiments. Oh, one of the condiments is cayenne because it kind of clears sinuses and it kind of helps clear the whole system. Another is ginger, which is maybe the best uh, thing for the fasting. It's anti-inflammatory. Again, uh, clears, activates the digestion. Uh, we will use uh, a few other little herbs, but those are the two big players. 
We also use my fasting elixir, which is a combination of uh, gym elixirs and flower essences. Uh-huh. And we also have a tachyon, uh, special tachyonized herbs for fasting uh, that work on focusing the liver and the kidneys because they're the organs that are hit the most. Okay. And what are the what's the main body of the juice? I mean, what kind of vegetables are in that? Well, we start with juicy vegetables, and that's going to be celery and cucumber. Okay, right. Usually the base, okay, because it's got the most water, and then whatever greens we can get. Right, but it's not primarily bitter green juice or anything like that. No, but but. Now that he asked the question, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have a little apple juice for taste because sometimes I like it just straight green. Some people like a little touch, so it's not quite so strong. Touch of apple juice, you know, uh, freshly juiced apple juice or um, things like that. So right. we do have that as a condiment. I think that's the, the key word there. Right, right, right. Neat. Um trying to think of anything we didn't cover it obviously it would be good for anybody that can fit it into their schedule to participate what about people who are saying well i don't just have a week off work so is it practical to do when i'm still working or what do you think about that well it's really an excellent question um physically emotionally mentally and spiritually so those are my four levels of detox Right. You can do a physical fast and keep working. But when you're working, you don't it's much harder to do emotional and mental and spiritual detox. Yeah, yeah. And so I generally don't recommend it. Now that doesn't mean people do it or they work half time. I have a lot of people they work half time. That's a it's it's not perfect, but it's much better than not fasting. Right. And a lot of people now we don't recommend working full time because you, you you don't release emotionally and mentally when you're still working. Yeah, because you're holding yourself in your usual routine and the uh, emotions that go with it and everything. It's probably a little bit easier for people to work some of the time while they're fasting since they're working remotely online rather than going and you know interacting with a physical job. I mean, that's true and the same point. You're still f- holding a certain mindset that yeah. doesn't let go. Your focus and your intent are wrapped up with the work. Yeah, and so I do recommend actually taking uh, better than just a physical cleanse, really stopping what you're doing. Okay. And, and you know, take care of the minimum of business. Uh, right. Right. And you see, what the problem is, is, as you say, you know, how do we fit it in our schedule? And I'm going to say it a different way. How do we fit our schedule into what we need to do in life to maintain physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual being? That's a really important subject. I mean, just because you have to go back to work, ideally should not mean that you have to go back into completely losing touch with yourself, right? So my point is, during the fast, you know, it's like, what are we trying to do here? So if you're just 
stuck in work? How do you get in touch with your sacred design? How do you get in touch with your holy rhythm? How do you, do you see where we're going? So definitely yeah. yeah. a spiritual fast is different than a physical cleanse. Right. Well, and for the people that can't get off working full-time during that particular week, which is April 26th, um, what's a backup? I mean, they could they could arrange with you to supervise a fast at a different time when they're free, right? Something like that. So that's a the best alternative. The second best alternative is at least try to work half time. Now, I, I find okay. that if you go half time, you can, you can get by, so to speak. It's that's not a benefit. It's really better than not doing it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And if they have questions about it, they can just write. There's probably a contact form on the site, right? Yes. And that's at, you know, again, drcousins.com. Uh, they can ask questions or info at treeoflife.nu or the Tree of Life community. So what we've done really is you've heard me say again how important, again and again, how important socializing is right. for human beings. And I'm looking at that and I'm looking, well, what are they doing? They have a design not based in any science, okay? Let's get very clear. Lockdowns have not worked, Period. Okay, yeah. and they've never been used before. I I know in Sweden they don't have lockdowns and their results are just as you know good, if not better, uh, uh, in terms of COVID. But it's a whole lot better socially. Yeah, uh, because they're shut down. They're not all going broke. They're not. Their society is not being destroyed. Right. Okay, right. so kind of where I'm going with it is is. We need to maintain our humanity. Right. The spiritual fasting in a very difficult world is an opportunity to reconnect with our humanity, our holy rhythm, our soul, and it's sustaining in that way. That's really the message I'm giving. Well, and that has an effect on the outside world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we are social beings. And so uh, the game plan is to make us all afraid of each other and, you know, right. uh, that kind of thing. And, and there's no science behind that whatsoever. Right, right. There's no science. There's been 14 studies with masks. Makes no difference. The Danish study being the biggest study. It yeah. just makes no difference. So what's going on? Well, I don't want to get into it so much as saying, the spiritual fasting is a way of healing from that. Right, right. No, that's great. Um, so if we had to say in the last minute or two here what people should primarily remember from all of this as a starting point, how would you say that? We came to the earth to develop spiritually. The most important thing is to do that. Part of that is our life work or what we call Dharma. Another part of what we're dealing today is maintaining contact with our soul so that uh, our soul 
force can expand, which is the natural thing that's meant to be. And so it's important to maintain those functions. It's important to communicate with each other. It's important to maintain our humanity, which the forces are uh, making people think, no, we don't want to be human. We may get COVID, which is not exactly a, you know, uh, the mortality is uh, 0.1, depending on who it is, to 0.3%. It's like, what? Okay. You're going to give up your humanity? Well, there's a risk in living. Yeah. Everybody who's tried it has died, actually. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. I didn't think about that one. So what I'm saying is the most important thing is to deepen your connection with your soul. Remember our purpose for being here on the planet. Uh, let go of the hyped-up fear about death and uh, that kind of thing because it's, it's, it's hyped. As you say, it happens to most everybody here on the planet. So live your life fully, and this helps you get in touch with your sacred design and with your soul. That's the most important thing. That's what keeps people alive. Now, we go back to Exodus. Well, 80% of the people didn't make it. They didn't want to leave Egypt. 80%. They died in the plague of darkness, which is what we're facing now, plague of darkness, metaphorically. Right. 20% said, no, we're going to focus on God. We're going to walk through the sea of reeds. The sea is going to open, and we're creating a new us. Not everybody's ready to do that. So if we see this as a spiritual test, yeah, not as poor me, but as a spiritual test, this is a phenomenal opportunity to make a choice of what we think our life is about. Is it about fear of death, and that's how I'm going to live my life based on that? Or am I going to say, wow, I want to be fully alive. I want to know the divine. I want to you know, really be so full, so to speak. Right. And people are being given a choice. Okay, and that is the beauty, the uh, silver lining in this difficult situation is is we have to make a choice for life or to give up our God-given right uh, to evolve spiritually. Right. This is an ongoing subject. I mean, may everybody be blessed. Yeah, it sure is. So may everybody be blessing us that we choose life. We choose love. I'm just waiting. Okay, that we choose life, that we choose love, and we choose to more deeply connect with our souls and ultimately the divine in however way people you know, know it or experience it. Yeah. Those are the choices that are being forced on us today. So choose life, choose love, choose aliveness, and choose the divine. Yeah. May everybody be blessed with the power to do that. All the listeners, you know, uh, you folks, myself. So, I hope. Sounds good. We have a lot more to do for follow-up. I hope you'll be able to come back before long and 
I'm, I'm happy, Richard. I'm, I'm happy. I always like working with you. You have such deep understanding and deep insight. You ask really good questions. It's definitely a win-win. It's fun. <laughs> I mean, regardless of anything else, it's in, really enjoyable. Right. So, okay. Well, thank you and hold on and we'll say goodbye in the break here. So there goes Dr. Gabriel Cousins, as I was uh, mentioning to Doug before, not the average doctor that you run into all the time. I thought the dancing was great, a good illustration of the the difference, you might say. And um, I really appreciate people like him in the world right now. Not everybody's a hypnotized zombie, and there's hope for all of us to get back to our forgotten normal state, which would be strong enough to... I think still it not being too late to turn things around. We have a lot more power in that direction than we have any idea. And I'm really sure on that. It's not something I read somewhere. I can feel that directly. And I hope that you can as well. And it, talking to somebody like Dr. Cousins is encouragement to get back to, you know, uncovering who you actually are, which is the beginning of understanding everything else. It's all connected for sure. Anyway, to go over his sites, treeoflife.mn, like Minnesota, uh, .co, not .com, but .co, treeoflife, I wrote it down, .mn, .co, or com, And then uh, he gave an email address, too, for... Inquiries about the fasting or his other programs, which go on all the time, and you might want to find out about that stuff. Info at treeoflife.nu. And, and as he said, like new universe, NU. Uh, what else? The fast that he was talking about is starting on April 26th. That's seven days. And uh, still plenty of time to sign up to participate in that. Or if you're hearing about this, after that fast happens, then there's going to be others uh, periodically offered, and you can find out about that through the sites that we just mentioned. He also does individual consulting and appointments over the Internet, which could be quite valuable in a lot of different cases. Um, main thing is, he's talking about the potential that each one of us is walking around with, and that getting to it, not intellectually or in theory, you know, or belief, but actually experiencing the energy level of it is partly physical detox and uh, upgrading lifestyle, changing intent. Intent is a whole subject. We talk a lot about it in Planetary Healing Club. It's probably one of the most powerful faculties that every one of us has, and we're using it every day, all the time, generally in a really scattered manner or focusing on things we're worried about so we help them get more intense and make things that we are concerned about into self-fulfilling prophecies. And we can use it the other way whenever we get the idea that that might be a better thing to do. Um, A lot is in our hands, even in the current world situation. So uh, remember, this is our Sunday show. We have uh, the Saturday show going on once a week, and that is uh, 4.30 p.m. Pacific time, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, and then half an hour after it ends, which is 6 o'clock 
I think I got it right this time, p.m. Pacific and 9 o'clock p.m. Uh, Eastern U.S. time is Planetary Healing Club, where we go a lot deeper into all this stuff and practical ways to use it for specific life transformation in your own situation. So if that's of interest to you, that's accessible through planetaryhealingclub.com, which is one page of our lostartsradio.com website. And the website in general is good to stay in touch with uh, lostartsradio.com as platforms that we show up on change. Um, censoring platforms get more intense. Non-censoring ones get more available. And you can stay in touch on the main website, lostartsradio.com. And if you want to support us and you think what we're doing is useful to you or worthwhile, um, donations are really appreciated to our nonprofit, which runs the whole thing. And that is uh, donate button at lostartsradio.com or donate at lostartsresearchinstitute.org or at subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio. Not if you're struggling for survival, obviously don't do that. Just just share the show with other people and help us get around the censorship. That would be great. And if you have the physical resource and you want to financially help us, that'll help us keep going and free up projects that we've got on hold or are waiting for funding. That would be great. Um, I think that's about it. And um, mainly take care of yourself because you've got immense potential to help the rest of the world by what you do in yourself. It affects everybody physically and on all the other levels as well. So get back your health as much as you can under the circumstances and see where your intent and your imagination is going all the time because they're very powerful. No point in having them work negatively against you. They can be great uh, boons to everything that you're doing and everybody else. So take good care of yourself. Be an example of whatever you want. And... uh, I think that's about it. I'll look forward to seeing you here again next time. Have a good week, and we'll see you at the next show. Talk to you soon. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level. From extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month, to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs, to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our subscribe star levels are one of a kind, and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. 
You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big tech's platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows except the banned ones are on our YouTube channel, at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month, where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with. The most wonderful things Seem just out of your reach Faces and places seem strange and they unsteady your feet. 